the Green Bay Packers put together one of the more surprising cutdown days of recent memory. We'll explain why and what it means for this team moving forward on today's show. Caught by Watson. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast network. And he will score. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's lockedon.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. The Packers surprised a lot of people in small ways. It wasn't like they went far afield of what we thought they were going to do. Like Jason and I over at The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to, got 48 of 53 players right. That's a pretty good number. Wendell Ferreira, friend of the show, he got 50 of 53 Right. It's not so much that what they did was totally crazy. And they're cutting a bunch of guys we thought were going to make the team. But they did some things that were different from the way that they've done it in the past. And I think the most surprising was the way that they handled the tight end position. Austin Allen it seemed like he was going to get a good chance to make this team, given the construction of the roster. Really just two true tight ends and Josiah DeGuara. So, you know, there's a good chance he'll make it onto the practice squad, but that was an interesting decision. There was a time when it seemed obvious, once Tyler Davis went down, narratively, that okay, it was going to be the three guys that we know and then whatever guy that they can pick up on the waiver wire. And by the way, Matt LaFleur said they were going to be monitoring the waiver wire after the Tyler Davis injury. It still could be the case that the Packers are trying to put together a waiver claim for some of these guys. Elijah Higgins from the Dolphins in the Matt LaFleur offense tree with Mike McDaniel. Converted receiver, got the athleticism. He was someone I thought the Packers might have interested in the actual draft. Um, Remember, the way that this works is for non-vested veterans, when you get released, it's waivers. So the Bears have number one pick again because, and I know some Bears fans seem to forget this, they were the worst team in the league last year. So you have to put in your claim. There are some guys that if I were the Packers, I would I would throw a claim on just here or there. That's not, it's not a big number. Most of these guys stink relative to the guys that are already on your roster. So could there be 
another move at tight end coming? I, I think that there's a decent chance that there is. One move that seems obvious, they kept 11 offensive linemen. That's a lot. That's a lot of offensive linemen. And I think one of the reasons is because they're not going to carry 11 on the starting day, like week one roster. Luke Tenuta is hurt. And so the expectation is after cutting the long snapper, and this is a practice around the league, you cut the long snapper and then uh, you sign him the next day. Matt Orzik is a is a vested veteran. And so he is not subject to waivers. He's not going to get claimed. You sign him tomorrow, well, today. And then you put these guys on IR that you need to put on IR. Remember, if you have to put a player on IR before the 53, if you don't carry them, they cannot come back. You have to carry them on the 53-man roster before you can IR them. And then... You bring them up. So that means someone like Eric Stokes, who we're going to talk about a little bit later, is going on PUP, well, is staying on PUP, and he's got to miss at least the first four games. Well, the reason that is interesting is because they only kept four corners. When I did my final roster projection, I went, I don't really love any of these guys past Douglas, Nixon, Alexander, Valentine, but they have to carry someone. They can't go into week one with just four corners, can they? And the answer is they can. And the more I thought about it, the more I think it makes a lot of sense, especially if they think Eric Stokes is going to be on the front end of that recovery window. If when PUP is up, the restrictions, he can just come right off and help you. But remember too, they've got the week six by. So if he misses six weeks, let's say of the regular season, it's only five games. I don't want to preempt too much of what we're doing in a little bit, but it's the right five games. Now, one of the spots that I thought this, I, I wrote about this over at the Leap, that this was going to come down to the trenches, the decisions that they have to make in the trenches. Well, it, it did and it didn't. And, and one of the reasons why it didn't is they just kept everybody. Like Jonathan Ford, the extra defensive lineman, kept him. Ennis Gaines, extra DB, nah. Didn't keep him. Tarverius Moore didn't keep him. Extra offensive lineman. Luke Tenuta. Yeah, great. That guy's ours. He's staying. So it's it's true that they emphasize or the decisions came in the trenches, but it turned out that they just kept everybody, and that had trickle down effects around the roster. And it wasn't just really the trenches, it was the front because they kept extra linebackers. Eric Wilson and Tariq Carpenter both made this team. I thought that was going to be an either-or situation. Those guys are special teams only players, really. Rich Passaccia is an assistant head coach on this team. His impact on these decisions clearly felt. So the only four corners thing was surprising. 11 offensive linemen was a bit surprising. The extra, the linebackers was surprising. The tight end situation was surprising. And then the last one, Emmanuel Wilson. Emmanuel Wilson made this team. And that's a really, really cool story. He is a, a small school running back who comes in as an undrafted free agent 
is not by any means the Carrington Valentine-esque story of the, the training camp portion, but comes on in preseason and is absolutely electric and showed some progress in some of the other areas. We didn't really get to see him catch the ball, but showed progress as a pass protector, which is what you have to be. Special teams with the running back position is not that important for the Packers. They don't use their running backs a ton on special teams unless they're returners. And I don't think Emmanuel Wilson is going to get a chance to do that, though. I think he could be on kick return as one of the more forward guys. But I do think that there is a relationship between Emmanuel Wilson making it and Austin Allen not making it. You need a a bigger body. Wilson, not nearly as big as Austin Allen, but not a corner, not a safety, not a receiver. One of those in-between size types on special teams in a pinch. And so now you have that. And don't forget, A.J. Dillon is a free agent in 2024. Aaron Jones restructured his contract. I think he'll be back. I think he'll he'll be a Packer. Maybe not for life for life, but until he's 32, 33. I just he's too valuable culturally. I just think it may he'll just keep restructuring that deal. He'll stay in Green Bay, especially if Jordan Love is good. I don't know why he just wouldn't stay in Green Bay for forever. AJ Dillon can go be a number one back somewhere. Aaron Jones is the number one back here, and he is a touchstone in this offense. I want to talk more about the corner position and this interesting decision, risky decision to just keep four. We're going to do that in just a second here on Locked on Packers. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire. You don't want to be sifting through resumes of people who have nothing close to the qualifications that you're looking for, the kind of people that just fire off applications. That's not what you want. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we are going to start looking at the totality of this team as we head into week one. And then, guys, we've got some big monster guests on the show week one for this Packers 2023 season. I'm not going to spoil it, but you are absolutely not going to want to miss these shows coming up. And we're going to do some really interesting things, some really fun things coming up every Friday on Locked on Packers in the regular season. Not a live show. We're going to talk about all of that when we get to it. Four corners, huh? Well, Eric Stokes, as I've been telling you, is not going to be ready for the regular season. So that means you're going to go play week one against Chicago with four corners. But you have the corners to do that. Because Russell Douglas and Jair Alexander are as good as it gets 
as a duo. It's like Darius Slade, James Bradbury. Anyone else right now in that conversation to be as good as this group is? I mean, maybe Trevon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore, but Gilmore is past his prime physically. No one is popping to mind. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing someone, but no one is like jumping out at me right now. Sauce and whoever plays the other corner for the Jets. Um, and I don't mean, I can't think of his name. I mean, just literally pick someone that's how good Sauce is. No, no we'll see. DJ Reed is that other that other corner. Um, I... I I look at the schedule and I think, I guess it doesn't really matter. I guess it just doesn't really matter because you start with Chicago and man, I know they added Tyler Scott in the draft and they brought in DJ Moore, who looks like he's going to be a great fit with Justin Fields, which is to say Justin Fields does not really have to do anything. Just throw him the ball in the flat, get him on receiver screens, little slants, uh, and he'll do the rest and make the numbers look a lot better than they really are. But Chase Claypool last year, he was, I mean, it was bad. He was was a zero for the Bears. And Darnell Mooney is a nice player, but that's really it. It's the kind of team where you don't need your dime corner. And it's week one, so you're not worried about attrition. It's Jair, it's Russell, it's Keyshawn Nixon. And Carrington Valentine, if he has to go play can play on the boundary. They played him some in the slot in this last preseason game, but you put him on the boundary and you can play Jair on the slot if you need to. You can play Russell Douglas, who played in the slot to open last season. They have the guys to make this work. If your fourth corner was a nickel-only guy, that would be more complicated. Like if it was Shamar John Charles, who got cut, the Packers, we're gonna talk about this later, the Packers miss when they go outside their athletic profiles. The Falcons are next. That's Drake London. Kyle Pitts, to be sure. I think people say he's a receiver. He actually plays a lot more in line than you think. It's more 50-50 than you realize in terms of where he plays. After that, like they don't play... These teams like the Bengals where you have to cover three guys for sure. And then there could be other guys that you have to worry about. They they don't play anybody like that. The Saints, it's Chris Olave. Like Michael Thomas, I'll believe it when I see it. That he is back to looking like anything close to Michael Thomas of old. Which, by the way, was slant boy. Like Russell Douglas, Jerry Alexander on that all day. No, Rasheen Shahid is a nice player for, for New Orleans. I, I like him. I, I think he's someone who is better than a lot of other players that could be in that position. But, like, he's not going to scare you. And after that, it's it's a lot of big questions. Like, A.T. Perry could be a nice player eventually. We're talking about a sixth-round pick, someone that, you know, a lot of people thought the Packers would be interested in because of the size-speed component, but... In the third week of the season at Lambeau, am I that worried about it? No. The Lions, no Jamison Williams. So it's Amon Ross St. Brown. And who exactly? 
Like if you're going to not have your top three boundary corners for any stretch of time, like if you're not going to have that, that supreme depth, this is the stretch where you're going to go, okay, it's okay. It's okay. And by the time the Packers play the Raiders, who's playing quarterback for them? Has Jimmy Garoppolo been able to stay healthy? Is Devontae Adams still there or has he, has he demanded a trade? But that's another team where you're like, okay, they have some depth, but you lose Darren Waller. They add Jacoby Myers, but like, okay. It's Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and Hunter Renfro. After that, it's people you've never heard of. And the tight ends, like, okay, Michael Mayer, he's really more of an inline guy. You're not going to be playing dime against this team. In the preseason, all we saw was them playing base, by the way, with a fullback on the field. So I don't, I don't think this is that big a concern. Now, when you go play the Chargers and they're going to throw it around, you play the Chiefs, even though they don't have a ton of great receivers, you might be playing more dime. You might be playing more big nickel. And you're worried that, okay, you lose Russell Douglas. What do you have? Well, you have Carrington Valentine. You have the darling of training camp. It actually works out pretty well for you in this case. So they have this this terrific depth. And I want to add one more thing to this conversation. And that is they kept six outside linebackers. They had never done that in the Mount LaFleur era. And you go, okay, they're, they're going against type. No, they're not. No, they're not. They've never had six outside linebackers worth keeping. There have been times they didn't have two. I mean, I joked on Twitter that I haven't felt this good about the pass rush, the edge rushers, the edge players for the Packers since 1996 when it was Sean Jones and Reggie White and all those guys. It's just a different thing now when you have this much depth and that can provide so much insulation for your corners, for your safeties. You make life, if Carrington Valentine is press gagged into duty, it's Rashawn Gary time, it's Lucas Van Ness time, it's Preston Smith time, it's Kingsley and Igbari time, it is Kenny Clark time, Devontae Wyatt time, Carl Brooks, Kobe Wooden, like this front is strong. And so you're going to give your corners the best chance to succeed with that great pass rush so you can afford to be a little light. Remember, Eric Stokes is coming back. He's making progress. It just might not be for another month. Okay. But this is the team construction and the schedule that you're looking for to weather a storm like that. And that's where I think this is a unique situation for the Packers and where they find themselves. All right, I'm gonna talk about some misses. Some misses. We're gonna talk about them in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every dayers, please go check out what we're doing over at theleap.football. 
We we had some really good, I thought, roster projections. Um, and we're going to have a lot more on this team starting five days a week next week. Five days a week. Free every Monday in your in your inbox. Pay the rest of the week. But we got great deals. It is The, the yearly deal is a steal. It is a steal at twice the price. And go check out what we're doing over at Subtext. Locked on Packers. You can find us there on Subtext. Exclusive content delivered right to your phone. Live interactions with me. It, it's, we're texting. Like, literally, we're texting. I go on my phone. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. Oh, they texted me. Let me text them back. We're going to be doing a ton of fun stuff on there this season. Go check it out. I've talked about this before, but it's worth repeating on a day like this. When the Packers go against type, they miss at a much higher rate. And one of the things that they do, and a lot of teams do, is they have, and different teams call them different things on the draft board, red dot players, whatever it is, where Every scout gets a couple couple guys they are going to bang the table for. And at a certain point, you run out of guys that you feel great about. Everyone feels great about. You stack the team board, everyone together. The area scouts, you might get down to the fifth, sixth, seventh round, and you're going, oh, what are we going to do here? I don't know. And that's when you go to those special players. Well, the Packers, when they haven't done the thing, we talked about the, the athletic profiles that the Packers tend to like, size, speed, all that stuff, full, complete athletic profiles. Josh Myers over Creed Humphrey, why? Amari Rogers, small, slow, big miss. Shamar John Charles, small, slow. Big miss. Now, maybe Carl Brooks didn't test well at all, but looks like he can absolutely play. It's not to say that you you never should draft these guys, but it's just the case that in the Brian Gutekunst era, when they have bucked type, they miss more often. And who are the players that they tend to hit on like Anthony Johnson Jr., seventh-round pick. He fits the mold. Zach Tom, fourth-round pick. Romeo Dobbs, fourth-round pick. Dontavian Wicks, fifth-round pick. They fit the mold. Now, Grant Dubose didn't make the team, but I, I, my guess is he'll be back on the practice squad. Getting hurt in training camp really hurt him. He fits the mold, by the way. Malik Heath doesn't. I'm, I'm thrilled for Malik Heath that he made the team. Didn't test the way that you want him to test. Ran slow. But Brenton Cox, not quite the athletic marvel you like on the edge, but we're talking about a former five-star. Packers traditionally love pedigree like that. He fits the mold where they find the gems is when they use the mold. Josh Sitton was considered a reach. Fits the mold. So John Ryan Jr. Fits the mold. 
Alton Jenkins fits the mold. Sean Gary fits the mold. David Bakhtiari fits the mold. Almost all of their best players fit the mold. They had to go a little outside type with Jerry Alexander, but he is a premium athlete. I, 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 I know I'm a broken record on some of this stuff. Athleticism is one of those things. Always evaluate the tape first. But I always, always, always want to err on the side of athletic profile. Always. If it comes down to two players, give me the one with the better athletic profile. Always. And if I have someone who's got a below, Ken LaPlatt, who does relative athletic score. The relative athletic score that you get is based on everyone that tests at the combine. So you get a six relative athletic score. You are above average combine tester. But he went back and did a little research study and found that actually the average athleticism in the NFL for players that actually are playing, that are on teams in the NFL is more like an eight out of 10. So you're an 80 plus percentile athlete for your position compared to everyone that tests at the combine. So you're an upper quartile athlete. If you're not, you better have some elite, elite traits. So Carl Brooks, incredible polish, pass rush prowess. His hands in college for especially a sub, you know, blue blood program. He has incredible hands and it, it flashes right away. We saw it on the preseason. He's beating guys, double swipes, arm over, dip and rip. He has terrific hands and power that translates. That's an elite trait. So if you're not going to have the elite athleticism, then you have to have these other elite traits. And if you don't, it's a wrap. So Shamar John Charles, what was the elite trait that he had? He was small. He was slow. Did not have great ball production. So as a corner, didn't tackle. Okay. Amari Rogers, small, slow, not an elite route runner, a good, not great route runner, good after the catch, not great after the catch. What's the elite skill? What's the elite skill? Josh Myers didn't test, but probably was not going to test as well as Creed Humphrey, who's one of the most athletic centers to ever test. What was the elite skill? So the moral of this story to me is the models work, use them. And if you don't, you have to have such a good reason. And because this scout liked watching him on tape, it's not a good enough reason. Elite traits, elite traits. They found some guys with elite traits. So keep following that model. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow with much more here on Locked On Packers as we get you set for week one. Zayu Duin is back. I just talked to Lily. We are back, baby. So Zayu Duin back for another season. And we've got big stuff coming this year, guys. This is going to be the biggest and best year of Locked On Packers 
ever. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And every time and anytime you want to come hang out with us on YouTube Live, come over to our YouTube page, the Locked on Packers YouTube page, so you can stay Locked on Packers.